I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. There is a term in our culture today that I kind of cringe at. It's this term toxic masculinity. And I guess it depends on what your definition of masculinity is. But if you come with a biblical worldview, then masculinity is not toxic. Uh, in fact, it's very good. Well, what does that look like? We're going to talk about that today. My guest is Brian Tome. He's a pastor of a church that spans uh, multiple states. It's called Crossroads Church. He also hosts the Aggressive Life Podcast, and I, I, I just kind of like the name of that. And he does this thing called Man Camp. So we're going to talk about manhood and whether you're a man or a woman looking for the right kind of man or praying for a son or grandson or even a husband to become a godly man. Uh, I think this will be enlightening for you. Uh, and if you're wondering just you know, what really, what should men be like? Um, we're going we're gonna to go to God's definition of that because it's the only one that's really reliable. Uh, and and it's, it's the kind that we as men should strive to conform to. Uh, so it's very instructive. Brian, great to have you back on Life Today Live. Good to be back live on life today randy <laughs> and, and well if we for full transparency today's is pre-recorded because i'm out of town so anyway um what do you, am i am i am i on track in the introduction and in talking about this idea that real masculinity is in no way toxic but actually not just a beneficial thing but a necessary thing in this world i think you're right the problem is this is a phrase that's been thrown around a lot toxic masculinity. Randy, what do you think people mean when they talk about toxic masculinity? I think they, they mean the things that God tells men not to do, right? You know, uh, anger would be one that comes to mind. Things like that where you don't respect other people, you're selfish, you're full of pride. I mean, literally all the things God warns against are the toxic things in the real definition in my mind, but that's why I have you here. You tell me. <laughs> well, the manhood discussion in our country has become so convoluted. I have to ask people what they mean by things before I answer them. So I think <laughs> yeah. you're right. I think uh, those of us who are people of faith would say a toxic man is somebody who's living outside the bounds of scripture because that's toxicity. Mm -hmm. I think if you talk to a lot of other people who are not coming from a Christian worldview, they would say, Anything that has traditional masculine trappings is to is toxic. Like, don't expect men to drive a pickup truck. Hmm. Don't expect men to be the primary breadwinners. That's toxic. You expecting men to do these sorts of things. And by the way, I'm not saying that men should drive pickup trucks. I'm not saying that men should be the one in the family that earns more money than his wife. I wish my my wife made more money than me. That'd be right. great. Right. I'd, right. I'd buy more motorcycles. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> but we have uh, some people in our culture think that if you do sort of a traditional thing that men have done, that that's somehow toxic because we have to make men exactly like women. I just don't think that's healthy nor helpful. Now, and it does sound very surface, really, in a lot of ways, almost inconsequential. Like you say, who cares if you drive a pickup truck? Who cares? I'd, if my wife made more money than I did, I'd be thrilled, right? 
What, yes. You talk about it. In fact, you put it into a book that I'll show people right now. It's called The Five Marks of a Man. Uh, so you, you, you seem to have a pretty good idea of what is important to make a man. Uh, what are you looking at in this? Well, I've been a male all my life. <laughs> you weren't and you I, weren't assigned that at birth. <laughs> uh, I actually was, okay. believe it or not, and I have been a male all my life. But I've been a man for I'm not sure how long. Maybe thirty years, maybe thirty five years. I'm fifty seven right now. Mm. Somewhere in that process, I became a man. I know we're really interested in the whole uh, gender wars. The gender wars used to be, you know, what's the role of men and women? Some people still bicker about that. Now the gender wars are, can you change your official <laughs> legal gender? That's certainly a hot topic. And I mean, those are all the important discussions, but I'm, I'm really interested most in the discussion. What separates a boy from a man because uh, there are 15 year old men and there are 45 year old boys. And so I've devoted my energy to, to try to help men and help us understand what, what is it that makes a man? All right. Well, answer your own question. What is oh, it? Oh, answer my own question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I would first start with uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 13, which is in the book. It comes from the book with, uh, it comes from, yeah, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this, be watchful, stand firm in the faith. And here's the big one. Here's the big one, ready? Right, right, right for this. Act like, like men. Yeah. A lot of people don't like that in the Bible. I'm talking about Christians. They'd rather say, act like an adult, mm. act like a spiritually mature individual act like an emotionally empathetic person, or even this, how about act like Jesus? Mm. Hey, I'm for acting like Jesus. I'm for being emotionally empathetic. I'm up for being an adult, but I'm also up for just taking a look at what is in the Bible. Let's just do it. So here's one, act like men. That is a high and noble calling for a person to have is to be a man. I, for most of my life, I thought being a man was something that you aged into. You aged into it at 18, or if it wasn't 18, maybe you aged into it at 21, which is really the last legal age gating, you know, and you couldn't drink until you're 21. Maybe then, whatever it is, that's a point you're, when you're a man. And that's just, this is not the case. Uh, this is This is something that you have to make a choice in, and someone has to call you out of. My son, he was born... In the, in the hospital, and they took him over, came out of my wife, put him over on the, on the changing table, lied on the changing table, he immediately sh uh, shot a stream of urine up in the air, hit my arm, dribbled all the way down my arm, came off of my, <laughs> came off my fingers, and I thought, this could be an omen for the rest of his life. <laughs> you know? Because if my son is anything like I was to my dad, he's going to urinate all over me. Like there, there's never, there was never a car my dad had that I didn't wreck. There's never a rule he had that I didn't break. There was never a recommendation that he had that I followed through on. There was never a door he had in the house I didn't punch a hole in. I, I was a terror because I was a boy. And I realized that when you have when you have a male, it's like having a Rottweiler in your house. It's not like having a St. Charles or a Dachshund or a Chihuahua. You can have those 
those kind of animals and never train them. And they're just annoying to other people, but they're not going to hurt anybody. You have a big dog. If you're not on your game, someone's going to get hurt. And that's a lot of the pain we have in many, many people's lives, specifically women's lives is boys have hurt them. And so that started me on a journey of what is it that makes a boy a man? What what are those things? What are those marks? And as I reflected on it, studied, when I say studied, I mean looked all throughout the scriptures. Who are the men in the Bible? And I don't mean just in the Bible. Throughout history, who are the men that universally inspire hope and uh, an excitement in people's lives? Again and again and again and again and again and again. It was these five things. And these five things, by the way, are all also mirrored in first Corinthians 16, 13. So, uh, that's, that, that's the history of it. I, um, my dad was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was born in Dallas. Uh, and my mother was at the grocery store when I was born. I was adopted. So I missed that opportunity. Wait, hold, hold. You, you, you were born in a grocery store? No, no, no. See, I, my my mom uh, and my parents adopted me. So okay. my biological mother was in the hospital, but my mom was at the grocery store. So okay, got it. Okay. Point I know a little confusing. Point being that uh, I missed that opportunity uh, the day I was born to urinate on on my parents, and <laughs> I've been making up for it ever since. So uh, I, I can totally totally relate. But no, seriously, the idea the uh, the boy to man kind of thing. Um, my grandson is almost three, and right now he is. Totally, I actually went back and listened to the original score to remember the songs. Uh, he's totally into Peter Pan. You know, you can fly, hmm. you can fly, you can fly, right? Okay. There is, isn't there a little bit of that kind of mentality, you think, that is sort of romanticized, you know, the being a boy forever? Yeah, I don't know if that, when that was written and Disney did that, how, how many years ago did it's that It's been come a while. Out? They've redone it a couple of times. Decades upon decades upon decades. I'm not sure how much that piece of art was reflecting a percentage of that population or how much of that artwork was prophesying and projecting (laughs) into the future. Because there's no question, I got to think, more than any other time in American history, we have more boys than ever mm. who, who don't want to grow up and intentionally really work really hard to grow up. Even just the idea around adolescence. I mean, adolescence, if you look at the, in the archives, adolescence as a term wasn't invented until about 1900. There was no such thing as adolescence. Hmm. When you were a male and you could have an erection and an ejaculation, meaning you could actually father children, yeah. you were, that's it, you're done. You're, you're a man and you can go to war and all that stuff. And then psychologists said, well, no, there's this, there's this area age from, you know, 13 to 15, whatever. Adolescence is from 13 to 30 anymore mm-hmm. where people just don't want to accept responsibility. People don't want any difficulty. People don't want to be tied down. We perpetually date and don't make any commitments. Uh, our, our culture encourages that, encourages males to stay boys and not act like men. And then we wonder why we have so many difficulties. It's because we're not calling men to act like men. Hmm. We're, we're encouraging them and exalting boyish behaviors. So how do we, how do we turn a boy into a man as a, 
as a culture, I mean, because we don't want to leave it up to the women. That's not fair uh, and usually doesn't work out very well because boys don't react well to women who try to mother them, especially if it's your wife. Right. Um, how do we how do we do this? How do we create men? Well, there's a couple different application points for us. So the book is really written for men to choose whether or not they want to step into manhood. Mm. So in that regard, it's sort of a self-help. Do you want this or do you want this? Mm. Explaining those options. But when we talk about what do we do, well, if you are a father, you have to get really serious, or a mother, you have to get really serious about preparing your young male to be a man. Jesus, the best day in Jesus' life, Randy, I believe, it wasn't when he taught to hundreds or thousands of people. It wasn't when he rose somebody, brought somebody back from the dead. As amazing as those things were, I think the best day in his life was when his father looked at him and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm. In all of G- all the Bible, Jesus hears from God the Father, which recorded three times. That's it, three times, which says us something, right? Like if you keep going to God to have God tell you what to do, understand we don't have any record of God telling Jesus what to do. I know it sounds really heretical. Yeah, but <laughs> I think the question is what he what he need to. He and the Father were one. He only did what he, the Father saw. He saw the Father doing. So I, I think uh, maybe he had an advantage. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, he, he definitely did have an advantage, but, you know, if you take a look at the way that he went about his journeys and teaching, it made sense. Just walk around the lake. <laughs> I'm going to walk <laughs> around the lake. Oh, I got these people here. Now I'm going to have these people over here. All that stuff. I just see a lot of Christians getting paralyzed with waiting to hear from God. If you did hear from God, two of the three times when Jesus gets spoken to, it's the exact same thing. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Two out of three times. So what that says is, we need a father figure to declare us a man, to say, you are my son. I'm really pleased in you. Yeah. Moms, dads, you've got to give your young male a moment of authentic authentication. Mm. You don't let kids discover who they are. You tell them who they are. Mm. And uh, that's part of why my, what well, my story was. I just I didn't have somebody tell me, hey, Brian, you're, you're doing really well. Hey, Brian, this is who you are. Brian, you're, you're a man. You're, I didn't have that. So I kept trying to prove it my whole life. And I would prove it by, in high school, thinking, well, it must be by doing great works of beer drinking. Mm-hmm. Became really well known as a person who drank a lot of beer. I also prove I'm a man. Or it must be through acts of vandalism. Or it must be by doing stereotypical manly things. Or it must be as I grew older and even into ministry, Randy, it was, well, I guess I, and and I never said to myself, I'm going to prove I'm a man by, it's just these things were acted out because I wanted people to see me as a man. Mm. So I had to have a ministry that was growing and adding more numbers because that's that's maybe that's how you feel like you're arrived. You're you're beating other people. You're mm-hmm. going places. Yeah, yeah. And there's all and some people now this wasn't for me, but for some guys it's sexual conquest. How many women can you can you sleep with? Mm-hmm. For other guys it's how many uh, how many expensive cars can you have, or how many toys can you have that shows that you're 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 winning? You know, mm-hmm. all of these things were were playing up for me because I had a void of a father figure looking at me, telling me, "Hey, son, this is who you are, and you're good." Do that for for the men in your life, the the young males in your life. That's very interesting that you point that out because um, 
I've, you know, known some people who did not have a, a father figure at all. Either were either just gone or in some cases abusive, in many cases just distant, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And you see that pattern of kind of proving manhood kind of thing, which in a weird way, when you see somebody who's trying to prove their manhood in some ways, and, and a lot of times this is where the, where the toxicity comes from, you realize that they are actually still a boy. Yes. Uh, is, is, is there something to the security of, of knowing you're a man and not having to prove it that is evidence that you have stepped into manhood? Yeah, I, I think that is true. I think when you're, well, one of the marks, okay, uh, there's five of them. Let's go to one of them. They're not in, they're not in sequential order, uh, but it just, these are the five things. So one of them is a man holds to a, man, a minority position, but a boy always has to be in the majority. Hmm. So you'll see men willing and able to make decisions, make lifestyle choices, say things that other people don't want said or that they don't want to do. A boy can't do that. A boy has to always feel like he's the majority. When I used to do student ministry and you try to get kids to go to camp, what's the first thing some kid says when you say, hey, do you want to go to camp this summer? What's the first thing they say? Who else is going? Right, who's going? (laughs) Who's going? I I, I gotta know. And what do you gotta do? You gotta get like, one man who's 15, who's the first person to sign on the dotted line. He says, I don't care if everyone goes, I'm going to go. Yeah. When, we're, when we're a man, we're able and willing to do things other people aren't going to do and believe things other people aren't going to believe. I, the people I vote for are never going to win because my, my morals are in the minority increasingly. That they, they just will be. Uh, the way I manage my money, what I do with money, I, I will always have to reconfigure financial experts' beliefs by telling them, now here's what I believe about money. Here's how it works, because it doesn't make sense. If you're gonna be a man who tithes, says the first 10% is God's, he says it's mine, that's what the Bible says repeatedly, repeatedly, clearly, from beginning to end, including Jesus, then you're gonna be in the minority, because there's a lot of people who aren't gonna do that. and. With 10% less, you're going to have 10% less toys. <laughs> right, right. Boys can't handle that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I, I do. I have a question because I know it's something you talk about in your book. And we've seen this, you know, when you see the uh, trans college athlete, you know, who was middle of the pack or back of the pack as, as, as a man in, in athletics and now – breaking all the records as a woman, um, you know, this debate has come up. Well, boys are different than girls. Uh, I think that's obvious, but is there, um, is there a part of manhood that involves the natural physical, the physicality that God has given us? And it, I mean, is that, it, is that significant? You bring it up in your books. So I'm guessing it is. I think I think it is, Randy. One of the, another one of the marks is that men are protectors and boys are predators. Mm, so nice. boys take, take, take. They take, take, take. They want, they want, they want. They'll they'll abuse anybody to get ahead. They'll uh, any 
any female will give them something sexually. They'll take it every time because they won't think about that, that, that person's future. They won't think about their future. They're going to take, take, take. But men are protectors. And I think this is perhaps part of why most men have a physical frame that's more dominating than is women because we have hardwired the ability to protect. Now, women can too. There's women, there are women who will do more push-ups than men yeah, sure. and are in special forces and are fantastic, okay? But the Carnegie, um, Carnegie Institute did a study where they found that 90% of all heroic acts defined by somebody is being mugged or something is being done to somebody negatively and a bystander is walking by and they they jump in 90% of the time it's a man who does that hmm. because we are we are wired to protect we are able to protect and we have the body to protect now we have this physical capacity but here's where it gets really difficult you don't have to use your physical capacity to beat somebody up or protect somebody you can use your physical capacity to plow a field hmm. to frame a house hmm to lift X, Y, Z, to work your land. And we just don't do that anymore as men. We don't, we don't have to do that anymore. And so I think a lot of guys are just really, really restless because uh, we, we've got energy that we haven't used. We, we have the ability to do things that we just don't have to do in our modern technological age. And I think that's getting a lot of guys into trouble. Yeah, yeah, it can. It's interesting. I, I have more time on my hands now that all my kids are out of the house and we've recently moved to another house where I have a little more land. Uh, and I feel better when I get out and do something yeah. physical, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, I've built, uh, I, I built a composting bin, right? Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. not cause I needed one, but it's like, well, I should build a composting bin. <laughs> it's just like, so right. there's something wired in us that, that does involve the physical. Very interesting. All right. Th there's, there's more marks to a man. Uh, and by the way, this book, the five marks of a man actually releases on October 10th. So you can pre-order it now, or if you're watching this after October 10, 2023, you can uh, go pick it up. Good, uh, I think just good affirmation of what a lot of men and women feel, um, but also just good clarity on what we're supposed to be as men. A last question I have for you. Um, I'm curious, what do you, what do you see with the man camp or with people listening to the aggressive life podcast or pick a book when men start to get this, um, does it, does it fill a need that maybe has been missing not only in their own lives, but in their families' lives and their communities' lives? In other words, what are the benefits of men acting like men? Well, I can't tell you how many women have reached out to me and said, thank you. Hmm. Thank you. Uh, you know, my, my husband went to camp as a boy and he came back a man. Or thank you. I'm struggling with my son as a single mother and you've been a father figure for him and you built into him in these ways. Thank you. Uh, thank you. For that. But that's that that happens when a guy gets on his game. When he gets in tune with how God has created him to be everybody on his downline or in his sphere of influence benefits everybody maybe that's part of why we have so many difficulties difficulties in our country we yeah. we have fewer and fewer men who are who are on point 
There's just there's just not that many who are taking care of other people, who are building other people, who are sacrificing for other people, who have a vision about where they want to go with their life. And a vision for where you want to go with your life generally means somebody else's life is going to be better. That's another one of the marks, by the way, Randy, is a man has a vision and, and a boy lives day to day. It's critical to, for us as men to have a bigger thing that we're going after. Mm. And when that happens, there's other people that are blessed by it. And so we're just seeing guys go to a new place, walk with confidence, bring less trauma in their life, uh, bring joy and peace and happiness to people around them. Uh, it's a good thing when a man is a man. It is. And, you know, you talk about joy and peace. And, and if you're a man, if you start to get this, you're going to feel a lot more joy and peace, less restlessness, less wondering, which means less having to prove things, able to channel your energies into things that are constructive. And it feels good. It feels good to create and to, to tend to what God has given us. So I, I can't stress how important this message is in our, in our culture today, but really in, in every culture at all times, because it's it's identity it's who we are so i mean i appreciate it. is there anything i missed before i let you go appreciate you talking about this no i think you got it randy this is uh this is an issue of our times men are struggling hugely the men in your life we're like fish out of water we haven't been created for a culture like this in which we live mm. we're not working with our hands we're living very isolated lives which we are not meant to do we um uh, we're, we're, we're not doing things we've done in the past. Women are out earning us, which has never happened before. It's a weird thing. We don't know how to, do, how to cope with 70% of people who are in grad schools are women and not men. So the most educated people increasingly are women who means they will be the ones who have the best economic opportunities. This is why four men are four times more likely to commit suicide than women, mm. three times more likely to have mental illness than women and two times more likely to have a chemical or alcohol abuse related incident than women. Men are struggling. And I think that this book is part of the answer. And I hope that people who have got a, a male in their life, whether a boy or man can maybe look on them with a little bit of compassion and empathy and, and give them some encouragement. That's good. That's good. And if you need to send your man to man camp, <laughs> you can do that. Uh, information is at bryantome.com. Website looks just like this. Uh, and, you know, I, I've, the, the good news is that there's hope for everyone. Uh, and, you know, it, you start with, with these five marks. This gives you something, a mark to aim for as, as a man. And you will see things change in your own life and the lives of those around you. Uh, it's a good place to be. So appreciate you guys hanging out. And ladies, if you're watching, and there's a man in your life that needs to hear this, hit that share button. Uh, and uh, check out the Aggressive uh, what is it, aggressive Life podcast. Is that the name of it? Yep. On uh, BrianTome.com. Come back. We've got more for you next time here on Life Today Live.